Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update, and I am thankful thankful to be joined once again with Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department. Megan, how are you today? Great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, and I appreciate you joining me as always. Um, so the markets have been a wild ride this these last eight months, and so I'm curious, uh, you know, our normal road is talk about the positives and negatives. You got more positives than negatives for us today? <laughs> Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, Excellent. yeah. So, you know, it's it's certainly been a crazy year um, and uncertainty and volatility has persisted a little bit more than what we would would like it to. Um, and looking at what's been what's been going on, the Russia-Ukraine war is continuing, which has rocked the oil markets and has put upward pressure on inflation. And that higher cost of living has has driven the inflation rate to a 40 year high. Um, the labor market, of course, is, has remained robust with straw, strong job gains and low unemployment rates. Um, and in response, you know, the, the Fed has been pretty aggressive with their tightening agenda. Um, so so kind of looking at all that, let's let's lay out the positive ne- positives and negatives that we're currently viewing in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, we do feel that the positives still outweigh the negatives. Excellent. Um, yeah, so that's the good news, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so going back to that that job market I was describing, um, we did add 528,000 jobs in July, which was well above expectations of 250,000 new jobs, and we saw that unemployment rate dip once again down to 3.5 percent. Um, this shocking, shockingly strong jobs report is is likely to persuade the Fed. That even that an even tougher medicine is is needed to combat inflation, um, but the central bank worries the tight tight labor market is driving wages sharply higher and making it harder to get that inflation under control. Um, continuing with jobs, looking at that JOLTS report that we like to talk about, the job openings and labor turnover survey, um, it has declined 10% over the past three months from 11.86 million job openings back in March to a nine-month low of 10.7 million in June. Um, so what that equates to is roughly about 1.8 jobs per person. So if you're looking- There's so many jobs. <laughs> um, and uh, 1.8 jobs, job openings for every unemployed worker. Um, that voluntary quits and and rate eased to 4.2 million and, and 2.8 percent respectively and lots of companies are still trying to hire but but what we're seeing is that many are pulling back and there's been some reports of scattered layoffs particularly in that tech sector that's had a tough year um and the number of people applying for those unemployment benefits has also risen slightly in the past couple of months so you know looking at kind of that softening environment still very strong but definitely softening a little bit um, as long as the U.S. can avoid mass layoffs, the economy is likely to, to keep growing or at least uh, avert a steep recession. So good news coming out of that jobs market. Um, 
Something else we like to discuss, I know every every month during this podcast is the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing and Service Indices, mm-hmm. um, both of which remain in that above 50% growth territory. So that's excellent. Um, we did see a slight pullback on the manufacturing side, um, 52.8 uh, in July, down from 53 in June. Um, so still above that 50%, which is which is excellent news, but it is the second consecutive month of, of decline and the lowest number since June of 2020. Um, when looking at the panelists within that, they are now expressing concern about a softening economy, um, particularly in that new order space. Um, it, it continues to contract a little bit. Um, however, the silver, silver lining in the report was some relief from inflation. Um, Companies are still paying higher prices for supplies, but a gauge of inflation sank to a nearly two-year low. So Hmm. some some bright spots, right? Right. Um, Moving over to that larger services side, um, the services index did rise in July. So we saw an increase there up to 56.7%. So uh, very, very strong in growth territory. also seeing some softening demand. Um, so they are to combat that beginning to reduce some inventories, but most companies are still growing and hiring. And, um, you know, but that whiff of recession is still on the air for people, right? Um, looking at that inflation and rising cost is still definitely a headwind um, for these companies. Um, looking at earnings reports, uh, 432 companies in the S&P have reported earnings to date for the second quarter of this year. 77.5% of those have been above analyst ex- expectations. And year-over-year earnings growth is 9% and revenue growth is 13%. So earnings are still looking pretty strong. Um, and and something else just to kind of wrap up the positives, um, the June durable goods orders uh, surprise, surprised us. Um, they ended up jumping 1.9% and consensus had been a decline. Um, among regional Fed manufacturing gauges, um, Dallas plunged in July, but six-month capital spending intentions jumped, a sign of rising oil and gas investment. Um, so yeah, good things coming out from the durable goods orders. And and yeah, so any uh, any comments or questions on the positive side of the economy for this for this month? No, I think I think it's uh, it's it sounds sounds good. The the numbers, uh, especially from those indices, uh, seem to to remain pretty pretty positive. But but yeah, I noticed with that manufacturing index, those uh, those numbers all are are a far cry from what we had seen a year ago yeah. or more. You know, when they were up in the yeah. 60s and 70 percent, and now they're down to. 50 or, yeah. or a little bit below 50 even. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're certainly not in that exceptional growth territory anymore. Um, right. It's reassuring to see these numbers still pop up in that growth growth territory. Of, of course, certain areas have, have fell into um, <laughs> contraction territory, um, you know, new orders and, and everything as they begin to reduce, reduce inventories and whatnot to, to kind of combat that that softening for sure so well let's so, switch yeah. over to the, the the negatives and and talk a little bit about those how's yeah, that sure. affecting us absolutely yeah so let's uh move over to the negatives the side we don't like to talk about as much <laughs> um so so you know i i've 
briefly mentioned that that the Fed has presented this aggressive tightening agenda. Um, and, you know, at the top of our list for negatives is monetary policy mistake. It's been up there for a little while. Uh, for most of the year, really. And Fed Chair Powell has stated that the Fed is not only determined to bring down inflation, but has the has both the tools we need to resolve it um, to restore price stability for families and businesses, um, along with the chairman, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and various regional Fed presidents have all expressed their belief that the U.S. economy can navigate higher rates and simultaneously avoid recession. So they still have a very positive outlook. We are expecting them, um, you know, with the strong jobs reports and everything coming out um, to still have an aggressive stance. But but we won't actually hear from the Fed until September. Um, we are, are anticipating another 75 basis point hike. Um, but what's going to be really interesting is that monetary policy lags and September's meeting marks the sixth month since our very first rate hike of this cycle. Um, so fun note, economists look to that half year mark um, of when we when rate hikes began to start showing impacts of policy moves. So we're really hoping that that six month mark we can start to see the effects of those rate hikes and balance balance sheet reduction on the economy. So mm-hmm. um, the one weak spot in, in the jobs market has been that initial weekly jobless claims. They have risen to 57% over the past four months, um, which is keeping jobless claims near a nine month high and also signaling a softening in the US labor market. Um, the four-week moving average of jobless claims has rose 6,000 from the previous week, um, up sharp, sharply from the recent low, and, and that tends to be a more reliable number as the weekly number can jump around a good bit. Um, looking at inflation, uh, again, something that doesn't want to seem to leave the headlines, Um Core PCE rose above consensus in June, lifting the annual figure to 4.8%. This was led by accelerating wages. Um, The unemployment cost index also rose slightly above forecasts. Um, Today, the the CPI, the U.S. Consumer Price Index, was released. Um, So it was unchanged in July um, compared compared with the 1.3% gain last, last month the prior month, so June. Um, The rate of inflation in in the 12 months ended in July did retreat to 8.5% from a 41-year high of 9.1%. So we came down a good bit over the 12-month span. Um, So the cooling of headline inflation will certainly be welcomed by the Fed and their decision as far as rate hikes um, as well as consumers, right? Um, but, But economists caution that the Fed do would like to see more months like this. Um, and officials are also focusing on those core prices. Right. But some bright news um, regarding inflation. So hopefully we're getting closer to that peak. Um, something else that's really been garnering headline attention has been that Q2 GDP, um, gross domestic product, um, which is, you know, people use that as an indicator of how our economy is um you know, trolling along, but um, it did report a decline of 0.9%, um, led by consumer spending growing at its slowest pace in two years as increases in service outlays offset a plunge in goods purchases. 
Um, this is the second consecutive quarter the U.S. has declined. Uh, general rule of thumb is that the results of two declining quarters signifies a re recession, um, but a lot more data really needs to be released before a judgment can be made. Um, so although, you know, general rule of thumb is that um, it means recession, it doesn't actually, right? So there's so much more that goes into it to for them to officially say, all right, the U.S. is in recession. Gotcha. So we're in, technically yeah. in one, but we haven't officially declared uh, not, it yet. Not yet. We're not in <laughs> one yet. Um, but it's a, you know, it's an indicator, certainly, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we're in that in yeah. one. Um, and, and although we feel like a recession is likely this year or next, um, we do feel that it's going to be more shallow and cyclical rather than deep and structural. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that kind of wraps up our negatives there. Do you have any comments or questions on, on the negative side? No, I'm just happy to hear uh, that we didn't have to say the C word um, during the negatives for, for once. Would you like me to bring it up? I'm sure I can <sighs> add. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it really wouldn't be one of these podcasts without it. I think we, when we started this, uh, this, this variant of, uh, <laughs> variant of, um, of this podcast, you know, it, it started because of COVID because and, of COVID, yeah. and yeah, so it's, uh, it, I guess it really wouldn't be an episode, uh, with an economic update if we didn't mention it a, a little bit. Sure. So I'll give you my two cents. Um, mm -hmm. so something else that we, <laughs> that, you know, it, it's certainly still here, right? It's not gone. Um, and really where we're seeing the, the largest impact from COVID is still in China. Um, their policy, they have a zero COVID policy um, that could impact um, some supply chain healing and could cause some some more volatility um, um, as only a few cases can, can lead to lockdowns of entire cities. Right. So, um, you know, it's certainly something that's still on our radar, but it's not the top of our list anymore um, as far as as far as what we need to to be watching um, within the economy. But it certainly still can have an impact, particularly on that supply chain. Right. Well, it's excellent that it's such a it has fallen off to the point that <laughs> we're, we don't it's not the first thing we talk about. And, I, and exactly. that makes yeah. me feel good. It's, it's refreshing. Yeah, it is refreshing. Um, the, other, the other interesting thing is that that how um, jobs, I guess, could you talk a little bit more about how jobs can be both a positive and a negative? And it's like, you know, the, they're trying to control it. Like there are more people getting jobs. And so that's a bad thing from an inflation standpoint. So they want to see jobless claims, but jobless claims show up on the negatives as well. So, so I guess the concern is, um, jobless, like looking at job openings and labor turnover, that jolts report, mm -hmm. um, having a lot of job openings is fantastic for the economy, but what it's doing is it's, um, creating, you know, there's more supply than there is demand. Um, and so we really have the, our pick of, of the jobs. So we're seeing a lot of people moving around in between jobs um, because they have that ability to do so. And that, that also um, leads to wage rises, which also isn't, you know, it's a double edged sword kind of um, because it's, it's great. You know, we want people to be able to increase 
their um, quality of life and and to be able to afford those things. Um, but also what happens when wages rise is that costs also rise um, because they have to. Um, so with you know, even though the jobs are certainly bolstering the economy at this point, and it's really one of, you know, it's kind of that main pillar right now that is bolstering the economy. Um, it's also driving up inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's you know, a double-edged it's, sword on some scale. It, yes, exactly. Yeah. So y- we like to see it. Um, it shows, you know, strength within the economy, but it's also um, causing elevated inflation, which the Fed is also trying to combat. Um, so, you know, we say, you know, we want we want strong jobs reports, um, but then we also want to see um, some weakness in inflation um, so that the Fed, you know, can loosen up their their agenda a little bit rather than keeping it so tight. Um, so I guess that's really, uh, you know, it's a balancing situation. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, Megan, wrapping up for this month's uh, episode, can you do you have conclusions? What, what yeah. where are you with in terms of current strategies and that sort of yeah. thing? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so so looking forward, we do anticipate that elevated inflation will persist. Um, we don't see that pulling back rapidly anytime soon. And as asset markets recalibrate, we do expect continued market volatility. Um, Later this year, we do see support for earnings and potential for better returns as that uncertainty clears up a bit. And as we turn our head to the Fed in September, we do look for those impacts of monetary policy on the economy to start revealing itself. Um, Again, noting that, you know, six months since we, we started tightening. Um, easing inflation could potentially lead to upside surprises in the Fed actions, which certainly would be a welcome sign for investors. And um, as we look to the future, it is best to to learn from our past and understand what's currently happening. Um, it's important to remember that volatility is normal and markets will experience rough patches. Um, but it's also important to stick to a plan, which includes a well di- well diversified portfolio. And it's very important to not let our emotional biases get in the way. Um, It's so easy to make rash decisions, whether out of fear or whatever, um, rather than those rational decisions. So kind of taking this all all into consideration, you know, we're continuously evaluating the economy and how this may impact markets and and making the necessary alterations to, to portfolios. All right. Well, Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager in First United's Wealth Management Department, thank you so much for your thoughts today and and the comments on the current state of the economy. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me. All right. If anyone wants to learn more or has a question, what's the best way they can get the support they need? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Go to www.mybank.com. Go to the Wealth Management tab. Um, You can locate the nearest officer, account officer to you, and feel free to give us a call or send us an email. Excellent. That brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. 
This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.